This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. So what is up with the Trump grand jury in New York? Some big developments coming today that now the grand jury led by Alvin Bragg may not actually meet for about a month. That is a big, stunning development. And anybody who has prosecuted a case would tell you that you don't suddenly take a one month break when you're in the middle and basically towards the end of what looks like the path of the investigation. You want to keep that momentum. You want the grand jury to be focused, laser focused. You want them to be thinking of the last person that they spoke with, and that was the uh, National Enquirer guy, David Pecker, who was sort of the rebuttal witness, it appears, to, of course, Bob Costello, who we've talked to here on the show. And so... You go through all of that and you kind of say, well, why is the grand jury taking a break? Here is my take tonight on the Rita Cosby show. Two different things. One, clearly the case is in trouble because Alvin Bragg would never in a million years ever decide to just take a break suddenly. And they're saying, well, there was some of it as a break because of a meeting schedule. And then the other is sort of a pre-planned break Well, guess what? If you have momentum in the case and you're ready to send it to a vote to whether or not to indict the former president of the United States after you've basically telegraphed it all over the world, you don't wait. You basically continue the momentum. You follow up. You keep going. So why do you think there is a break in this particular case? There's a whole bunch of different organizations that are claiming part of the reason that they are doing the break again, that it was planned. They also are saying that, indeed, that Bob Costello maybe threw the whole process in a tailspin. And I think all of these things could be part of it. But it clearly shows that this case is a weak case and it is falling apart on Alvin Bragg. Because you can bet if he thought he was close to getting an indictment from the grand jury, he'd be like, oh, forget the break. You're going full steam ahead. This is the former president of the United States. And if you feel you have a lock-solid case, you don't sit around. You don't wait. You don't have them sit and go on like a little vacation and come back and go, well, I can't really remember what that last person said or what this other person said. So does this show to you, as I believe, that this case is clearly in jeopardy? The other thing I also think is because there are other investigations. Remember, Trump has taken incoming darts from whole different directions. There's, of course, the special counsel is looking into it with the documents. You, of course, have also the Georgia case. There's all these other different cases that I think also somebody must have said to Alvin Bragg, hey, listen, Alvin, 
clearly your case is a very thin one. Even liberal attorneys don't agree with it. They feel that it is really a very, very, uh, barely a case, if that. And if the last name wasn't Trump, you wouldn't be going after this guy. So let's have these other cases potentially go forward before yours does. And I say that to you, just stepping back and looking at it from the 3,000-foot level, that if you're a prosecutor, why would you put a very super horrible, weak case as your first case? Because guess what? It would taint all the other cases, too. What if he sends it to the grand jury and the word gets back that the grand jury shot it down and said, no indictment? What are you kidding, Alvin Bragg? You didn't make the case. That could clearly not only influence this case, but also all these other investigations that they're doing after President Trump. So I think there's a whole bunch of reasons why now there is a break. I think it shows that there are clearly lots of problems with this case and that maybe Alvin Bragg is waking up to what we've all thought all along, that this case is just razor thin, that it is hanging by a tiny little thread, if even that. That even a seamstress wouldn't use it for a thread. That They would just go, you got to be kidding me. And that's why I think the case is in big-time trouble, and Alvin Bragg knows it. So what do you make of the fact you don't just go, hey, they're going to come back in a month from now. We're just going to kind of lollygag around and tiptoe through the tulips for a month. That ain't showing a case that has momentum, and that is a solid case. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Nine two two two. First off, here is Jonathan Turley, the great constitutional scholar, and this is how he reads the sudden news that the jury's taking basically a one-month break. It's sort of a grand jury version of Hamlet. You know, there's this continual <laughs> debate of to be or not to be, and and I, I don't know what to make of it. There's a lot of speculation. Many Democrats have been calling openly for Bragg to abandon the case or at least delay it. Because the case is transparently political. I mean, the, the, the claim being advanced for this potential indictment, in my view, is legally pathetic. I mean, it is really something that is raw partisan prosecution. And for that reason, many Democrats have said, why don't you wait, let Georgia go first or one of these other cases? Uh, you know, it's hard to tell what's going on, but he's clearly having trouble, not just in the grand jury, but within his own office because the case is fundamentally weak. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And remember, there were some that looked at it before and said, let's pass. The DOJ looked at it before, said, let's pass. The prior DA looked at it before and said, let's pass. And yet Alvin Bragg somehow felt emboldened to go full steam ahead 
And I think he's got a bit of egg on his face tonight. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Joe, line five. Joe, your thoughts about this. Rita, my love, it's an absolute disgrace. And let me tell you something. Alvin Bragg, Alvin Bragg should be concerned that the communist Chinese secret police have a police station in Chinatown, Manhattan. He should be more concerned that American veterans are out in the other elements in the cold night tonight eating out of garbage cans. Those are real crimes. Not this nonsense about Trump. Not this phony, politically motivated witch hunt. That's what he should be concerned about. Six people dead in, in, in uh, Tennessee. It could happen here. Why doesn't he do something about that? Instead of wasting our time and billions of dollars and tearing the country apart to attack a president who did more to help American veterans than Obama, Biden, Bush Sr., Clinton, and Bush Jr. combined. He did even more than FDR did. And the only president, excuse me, uh, Reagan, the only president who did more to help American veterans was FDR with the American GI Bill of Rights. But it was a different time then when the government looked out for the veterans, didn't hurt the veterans. I was on the phone with an outreach program in Florida today, and I corrected the guy that, that Trump did a lot to help the veterans. And he said, maybe just up in the Northeast, the VA doesn't care. Maybe they're just mean. Well, in New York and New Jersey, they are mean. 66% of the homeless men and women in America are American veterans, God help them, and 13,000 American veterans suicide. Two more will be dead by the time your, phone, your, your show is over tonight. Mezzanos at midnight. God help them. You know, Joe, by the way, Joe, I first of all, I am so glad that you are spotlighting veterans and Americans, too, because you're right. Uh, why isn't Bragg doing more to help them or others doing more, too? And first off, why isn't Bragg going after, first of all, criminals? I mean, I would be happy if he just did what a district attorney is supposed to do and make sure that people get locked up for the crimes they commit that are degrading the city. Um, I would obviously love to see him help our veterans, help our homeless community, help people in need, Americans in need, um, and most importantly, keep our streets safe for everybody. And yet he's been doing a pretty lousy job of that, and somehow he seems so laser-focused. But you know what's interesting, Joe, that he has changed his stripes. Uh, Something has happened, clearly, in the last few weeks, and maybe it was Bob Costello who came in, who jarred the jury, uh, and maybe Bragg is afraid to put it to a vote to the jury because he realizes uh, that if he puts it to the vote, that maybe he may not have the votes there. you got to have a simple majority. There's 23 on the jury. Um, you don't have to have all of them present, but you have to have at least a simple majority vote to actually get to a indictment. And maybe he's realizing, uh-oh, I'm in trouble after that Bob Costello thing. And who knows, maybe they were even shaking their heads before Bob Costello, and then they were shaking it like Sybil after, you know, after everything that happened with Bob Costello. So do you think um, that maybe Bragg has had an epiphany or somebody got in his ear and said, hey, listen, Alvin, I know you're intent on going after Trump. Uh, This ain't the case. Uh, What do you think has changed with him, Joe, in this case? I think he realizes, my reader, my love, that that fat slob is coming up for re-election in a few years. Let me tell you something else. He's a racist. You know why? That poor guy, 62 years old, bodega owner, 
I worked in groceries. I'm an American Marine. I grew up in grocery stores. And let me tell you something. That man was providing a service, food, beverage, first aid, personal hygiene items. And that witch came in with her child. The EBT didn't work. The food stamps didn't work twice. He advised her, don't use it again because they'll shut it down for three days. She doesn't ask him for the chips. She goes and brings her gangbanging boyfriend. They beat up the guy. She stabs him. The, the guy almost gets killed. He cuts the creep in self-defense. And the police, shame on them. They could have held him for three days a night, brought him to the hospital handcuffed. Instead, they send him to Rikers Island. He almost died, Rita. He's I know. And, and by the way, that guy, actually, which is so Jose Alba, I know the case that you're New talking York. about. You know what's so sad, Joe? He actually left the country. He was so disenchanted with the judicial system that he actually left the country. How sad is that? And, and you, that, that, to me, encapsulates uh, the way Alvin Bragg handles this. And the only reason that Alvin Bragg actually dropped the charges in that case, it wasn't suddenly like he decided, uh, you know, that it wasn't the right thing. There was so much public pressure. Remember, there was so much outcry. There was so much public pressure that he had no choice but to do it. And the fact that he actually thought of charging the guy, I think it was second-degree murder to begin with, and sends him to Rikers, just as you said, what a sad, sad testament. Joe, love you very much. Always appreciate your calls. Everybody, when we come back, we will continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. talking about Alvin Bragg that looks like his case is on hold big time against President Trump. What happened? What went wrong? He was full steam ahead, remember? So what do you think is the monkey, uh, the, the wrench in the case, if you will? It seems that there is definitely some issue that happened that sort of switched and curtailed this investigation, if you look at it. Uh, clearly, He was full steam ahead and was focused and laser focused. And now it looks like it has changed. Maybe it's the pressure from Trump, from his supporters. Maybe there's Democrats out there that are saying, you know what, Uh, D.A., this is not the case to go after President Trump on. Do you think he realizes like a a card player that he's got a losing hand 
Well, here is Senator Ron Johnson, who basically says when it comes to Trump, basically there's two different sets of justice. Well, there's no doubt about that. We probably have a multiple tier system of justice. So you won for the well-connected Democrats, uh, the kid glove treatment that uh, Hunter Biden certainly has experienced. Uh, Is there a serious investigation? We really don't know. Uh, we we, we ha- obviously have a multiple-tier system of justice. This is a obviously politicized uh, prosecution of uh, President Trump. And does it look to you that Alvin Bragg is realizing indeed that this is not a strong case? To me, there's no doubt you would not lose the momentum if you really thought that you were so close to actually getting an indictment. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry on line three. Larry, your thoughts about this? Yeah, hi, Rhea. Um, okay, I think that this case is not... Uh, Do me a favor, the, Larry. You're on speaker. Get a, get to the get to the uh, phone. Okay. This, Much this better. Case, this case is dead in the water. Uh, the reason he's not... Now, the reason it's dead in the water... Is because he did not, uh, Bragg did not anticipate bipartisan opposition to this case. Uh, it was a lousy case to begin with, and the only thing that was going was to make it float was if he had enough popular support, sort of like a lynch mob, you know what I'm saying? That's what he was looking for, a lynch mob. He didn't get the lynch mob, and the case uh, failed on its own merits. He wasn't smart enough as a DA to realize that you can't just float a theory. It's got to be cohesive. The statute of limitations have to work. But at this point, what he's doing is he's just trying to play spiteful and not get rid of it. He wants to keep it as long as he can because it's very bad to have an indictment hanging over your head. You know, anybody that anybody that's been in that situation, and he knows Trump. It, it, he knows that it, it bothers Trump a lot. So he's he's keeping it going until the last possible minute when he could. He's going to try to save face somehow. He's thinking so how, how to do he, it. Yeah. So how does he save face? What? How do you see this uh, this going? How do I see it going? Well, the longer he keeps it alive, the more excuses he could make for it not working. We were waiting for a witness. The witness didn't show up. We, you know, uh, we, we're deferring to other jurisdictions, like Brian Kilmeade does suggested that he's waiting to go second. But I don't think he's waiting to go second. I think this case is dead. He's just waiting to, for an excuse to say, I'm deferring to other jurisdictions for prosecution. By the way, like I agree with you, Larry. I think that that's what he's doing. I think he's saying, well, you know what? Yeah, uh, these other ones were investigating, and I just, I, I felt like let's keep our focus on that and then maybe hope this just kind of fades away and people don't remember that he even initiated this one. Or maybe he hopes he can tap it on to something else who knows uh or maybe some uh some miracle witness comes forward uh that somehow drops out of the sky and says okay uh i can help you on this one who knows uh but right now it looks like a bunch of bumpkiss to put it mildly um 1-800-848-9222 um let's go to alan yonkers go ahead line two al your thoughts yeah, hi, Rita. I don't want to get off topic. I just wanted to say, you know, your program with Katz and Cosby, it's a really uh, great program at 5 o'clock. Thank you, Al. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm the lucky one to be with John, so thank you. Yeah, you had a great guest today, Vito Fazello, and I've been getting feedback from people I know who say, what a great program. But I just thank wanted you. to say in regards to Alvin Bragg, 
Uh, President, former President Trump to come out in front last week was smart. Uh, today I was speaking to some people I know who have been following it, like so many people throughout the country, and they said that Alvin Bragg, uh, to, to prolong this, uh, looks really bad. It's a weak case, like the famed uh, appellate uh, attorney uh, Alan Dershowitz said. I mean, it's really a weak case, and to prolong it is really uh, the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I agree. And for justice to send a message, you have to look at, I think, listen, I would say the same thing if it was President Biden. I would say the same thing to anybody. This is not the case that you go after anybody on, let alone a former president of the United States. Uh, And hopefully Alvin Bragg will have, uh, you know, the appropriateness to come forward and say, you know what, we've investigated it. We're not going to go forward. Um, I think he realizes that it would look really bad if it goes to the grand jury and the grand jury says, oh, it ain't there. Uh, that would be a real embarrassment. It would show sort of a desperate DA uh, who can't seal the deal. So I think he's maybe hoping it just kind of fades away and maybe the grand jury gets focused on something else. Um, I don't know if we'll ever hear a statement from him. I think it'll just kind of slowly fade away and barring something else. I mean, he might try to tack it on to maybe another case somehow. But on its face, it looks extraordinarily weak. Um, Al, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Jim, line four. Jim, where do you see this going? Hello, Rita. You know, I think Bragg sees the negative public and congressional reaction to the Trump and possible Trump indictment. It's going to backfire. It's going to help Trump. I think the grand jury probably won't indict. And I think really... I think Bragg is dragging this out. He wants to bother Trump, get under his skin, and try to make Trump overreact and make himself look bad so he'll be a weak candidate in 24. That's an interesting point. Although right now, Trump is basically laughing all the way to the bank. They raised over $1.5 million in the first three days that it came out that an arrest could be coming. And you know there's a lot more. So Trump is the master marketer in this one. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful tribute coming from Orlando, Florida, uh, and a big testament to the great work of officers in often very difficult situations. A story where a man and two dogs were rescued from a vehicle submerged in water near a commercial center in Orlando. Police officers responded to the area after someone called the police department and said that they had seen a vehicle leave the road and it drove into a retention pond in deep water. So upon arriving at the scene, Longwood, Florida, police officers immediately made their way into the water, up to the vehicle. They had to break through one of the car's windows to cut the seatbelt of the driver, who was unresponsive. Then fire department firefighters also helped. They assisted, and they swam the driver to the shore, along with the man's two dogs. The man who was driving the vehicle was taken to a nearby hospital, 
where because of the fast action of the Longwood police, he is expected to make a full recovery. And what a great story and testament to the great work that our law enforcement do. By the way, everybody, I also want to give a big shout out um, to some of the heroes and some of the fighters in Ukraine. Earlier tonight, I was with a terrific organization, the Global Ukraine Foundation, and I had the honor to meet two warriors who were fighting over there in Ukraine, two severely injured soldiers who I got to hear some of their stories and just incredible efforts of fight for freedom. Um, Vlad is one of the fighters. He was uh, in uh, the Azov that was in that steel factory there. Of course, that was one of the most brutal fights uh, of Ukraine, uh, fighting in for freedom, of course, against the oppressor Russia. And then Vasily, who was in the eastern part of the country. He was in the Donetsk region. By the way, he's been fighting since 2014 in the Ukrainian military. Uh, he lost part of his arm. Vlad lost part of his leg. I mean, these stories were amazing. And to talk to these two guys, I was talking with them earlier tonight at this event um, where they were shining a light on the heroes of Ukraine and their fight for freedom and what they are going through every single day. Um, It was an honor to meet these two guys and meet everybody with the Global Ukraine Foundation. I talked with them, of course, about my father's fight for freedom and to hear their stories. By the way, Vlad also was a prisoner of war of the Russians and was traded uh, for a Russian officer. And to hear some of the stories of what he went through and Vasily, too, it just uh, was astounding, just the human spirit and just their pride of their country and said that they want to go back and fight again for their country because, of course, the war is still raging on there. Um, Also met Tina Carroll, who is one of the most famous Ukrainian singers and has the voice of an angel and was singing some of the very famous songs from Ukraine, and the soldiers were singing along. It was just a very extraordinary, moving event and obviously a great reminder to all of us of the fight for freedom that is going on there thousands of miles away. And, of course, we wish the people of Ukraine uh, all the best and are keeping them in our thoughts and prayers big, big time. We continue talking tonight, of course, about Donald Trump and the fight that Alvin Bragg continues against him, although it looks like Alvin Bragg has hit a speed bump in his investigation because now there are reports. Some places are saying it's been delayed for two to three weeks. Some places are saying it could be delayed for up to a month beyond. What that means is the grand jury's in trouble and Alvin Bragg's case looks like it is falling apart. 1-800-848-9222. Where do you think this is headed? Well, I think it's headed for uh, just the Neverland. I think it's going to just fade away because clearly even Democrats are saying to Alvin Bragg, this ain't a good case. Let's go to Ben, line one. Ben, your thoughts of where this is going. Ben, are you there? Ben, call us back. We can't hear you. Give us the Ben. Go ahead, Ben. Yep, go ahead, Ben. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, going to go, um, how do you say, uh, for a long time. You know, and they'll they'll probably stop it when there's like a conflict with the election. They say, oh, you know, um, we got an election coming up, so we got to drop this. But um, as I mentioned to the call screener, which I um, do thank him for taking my call. And um, give them a raise. Also, um, uh, let's see, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, uh, President Trump's a master at um, 
uh, strategy and that he said what was going to happen to him, he's going to, to New York to get arrested. Thus, Alvin Bragg couldn't do it. He couldn't arrest him. Uh, that, no, he, you're right. The minute he said that, I thought Alvin Bragg at least is not going to do it on the day because Alvin yeah. Bragg's not going to want to have Trump kind of preempt him. Um, and, and he's spinned it. He is a master, um, you know, spinner and marketer. And you're right. He kind of put, uh, it clearly put Bragg in a box. Ben, thank you very, very much for the call. Let's go to Stan, line four. Stan, what do you think? Uh, I'll tell you exactly why this is being stalled. The vice president of the United States now has to testify about January 6th. Some of Trump's associates by the courts now have to testify by court or edict. This is more important than this case. I, I've said this to you before. This is small potatoes. That is the big enchilada. The vice president is going to testify. And these other associates that the courts have now ruled he has to. Now, Donnie Hemorrhoid will start sweating. Forget wait, about wait, wait. this. Wait, who's Donnie Hemorrhoid? Uh, guess who? <laughs> Donnie Trumpy Hemorrhoid. <laughs> oh, my. So, wait, well, first off, Stan. Remember when you said uh, Donnie? You were the one who initially said Donnie uh, Orange Hair or something. Yeah, right? well, Orange Man Bad. Because right, right, that, right. Because so I call him Donnie Hemorrhoid. All the time. Oh Donnie Hemorrhoid, anyway. <laughs> a, no. pain, a pain in the blank, right? All right. So, hang on one sec, Stan. First off, um, you bring up uh, the Pence situation. Um, a judge has ruled um, that he is supposed to testify about January 6th. But Pence, by the way, as we speak, and our great newsman, uh, Bob Brown, was talking to me about this, that Pence uh, is now heading to Washington, D.C. He's actually meeting with his attorney to decide how to move forward, potentially with an appeal. Um, so he may fight it. He said he has nothing to hide. He said he did his duty uh, during the Capitol uh, attack. And he says that uh, he probably will they'll, will still appeal it because he feels for principal reasons that it opens a huge can of worms if the vice president of the United States is forced to testify and talk about discussions he had with the president. It's a big constitutional issue. Oh, really? So, you know, How about it being actually, that they almost, uh, his actually, life was on the line? Actually, no, no, I, I, yeah, but he is still saying that he may fight this, Stan. You weren't, I don't believe you were uh, in the Capitol or you were vice president that night. Am I correct? What? I know. That's my point, Stan. My, my point is Pence is the one who is saying he may appeal it because he yeah. feels on principle oh, maybe principle? he shouldn't testify. Oh, really? I'm just telling you. Okay, All so right, hang on, Stan, because but obviously— the rule, he has to tell, You're right. He can appeal it. He absolutely. can certainly appeal it, as will others. But listen, let me just say one thing, Stan. If Alvin Bragg had a really strong case, there's no way in heck— Yes, there are other cases going forward, clearly, with Trump. They're trying to get him every which way but loose. But you know that if Alvin Bragg thought he had a strong case, no prosecutor would say, I'm just going to stand back and let somebody else be the one to indict Trump. If you think that you have Trump right there and you're like, you know, minutes away from getting an indictment, you go in. He's come this far. He knows he's got a losing case. Rita, I agree with you, Rita. I agree with you. But it came down. So apparently... Washington is the bigger enchilada than this, and that's the more important end of it. Now, you're right. The vice president will probably appeal, and the other people have to testify. That's where Trump starts to sweat. Not with this thing. You're right. I don't think he sweats. He sweats with that. The vice president was almost killed, and he did nothing. So I think he'll, he'll testify. And if he's crazy not to, 
I mean, he's out of his mind, but I think the courts will make him testify. That's the big thing, Washington. Well, and, and I think that will be an interesting case. But I think clearly on this one, Stan, it's a loser and Bragg has egg on his face. Uh, but, Stan, I'm glad that you uh, you agree with me twice tonight. This is like an epiphany. Thank Not an epiphany. <laughs> Not an epiphany, but I think Washington is the, the more important thing. That's the one. Thank you, Stan. Love Have your call. Have a great night. You too. Thank you, Stan. Let's go to Kay, line eight. Kay, what do you think? Where is this headed? Stan agrees with me that at least this case is a zilcho, a, zi- a big zero. I don't think it's headed anywhere, and I don't think that Bragg, we're applying reason to the unreasonable. I think this is all going Bragg's way because the conservatives or the Trump supporters or the people that think this is wrong are giving up. We'll, we'll be exhausted by the time this comes around. Now, what do you mean you'll be exhausted? What do you mean? Like you're fed up or what do you mean? Well, because there seems to be no hope and no focus on where people that are opposed to this can collectively do something productive to prevent it. That's a good point. Although, 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 Stan, although, Stan, you know, I, I mean, Kay, one thing I understand, I hear your frustration, and you're right, Kay, but, but I actually think in this particular case, there are so many people out there, you turn on almost every channel, and in fact, that's why this case is uh, really such a weak case. As soon as it broke, I always watch everybody. You guys know that. I watch all the different media, and I'm sort of saying, okay, what is everybody saying? I was watching MSNBC, I was watching CNN, as well as Fox and others, but I was watching them, and they were saying it was a weak case. So you know when you got CNN and MSNBC saying, having legal commentators on there saying, eh, this is a weak one, um, I think all of that obviously plays into the conscious of Bragg. Remember, the grand jury, by the way, is not sequestered in this case, which is interesting, too, so they see it, too. So I, I think all of these things, uh, hopefully uh, truth wins out and fairness, most importantly, also wins out um, and equal justice also wins out and it just fades away. But I think in this case, it was so obvious that even MSNBC and CNN were also promoting the same mission and saying that this was a very, very, very thin case. Uh, let's go to Michael. Line one, Michael and from Dallas. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, Rita. Lucky me, I get to follow Stan. Anyways, um, <laughs> in the last... <laughs> yeah, give, give us some relief, Michael, please. <laughs> you know, in, in the last couple of years, we've learned follow the money from the Bidens all the way down. And we know that uh, Bragg is a Soros uh, DA, and the feds didn't want to take this case. The Southern District didn't want to take this case. I think he was probably forced into it by his backers, as a as a Hail Mary. And now he's trying to figure out how he can get out of it without losing face. But I think it goes deeper than just brag. I think someone pushed him into this and he really probably didn't want to do it. But he's weak. So he went ahead and followed the, the deal maker. Well, and listen, George Soros gave him a million bucks. We don't know if George Soros is pushing him here, but he's been paying for a lot of these DAs like Bragg across the country, these sort of soft on crime DAs. And who knows if he had something to do with it or somebody else. I agree. I don't think he suddenly had some epiphany and said, I'm just going to go after Trump today. I think there was some orchestration. The question is who? Uh, But I agree with you, Michael. Thank you. Really great to hear from you, Michael, from beautiful Dallas, you lucky person. 
Thank you very much. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Line four, Dave, your thoughts. Hey, uh, Rita, I am the Dave that Stan said uh, last week was full of shirts. So I got a few questions for Stan. How much is Donald Trump paying him to live in his head? <laughs> and and, 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 and is, is Stan actually Stan Smith from Lost in Space? Can I take a can I take a few seconds to communicate with Stan Klatu Barada Nikto Shazmat? I'm afraid and, to get a translation of that, but go ahead. Well, Klatu Barada Nikto, that's from a movie about the uh I remember. alien that came yes. that came to Earth. I remember. I re- and by the way, your line is a good one because clearly Trump is living in his head. It's like uh uh, what does he call him? Donnie Dementia tonight, I think he called him. Uh, it's usually, I always say it's like orange man bad. Every time it's like Donnie this, Donnie hemorrhoid, I think is what he called him tonight. Um, so at least he's consistent, right? You'll give him that, Dave, right? Oh, oh yeah. Him and that other guy, uh, Ted. I think. Uh, yeah, Fuzzy Teddy. Them, could, fuzzy Wuzzy Teddy, right? <laughs> you could call him, you could call him uh, Tan. For Stead, uh, Ted and uh, Stan, call them Tan. That's true. Because they're, they're, they're both, you know, the, the same playbook. Yeah, but, but you, know what's, like, you know what, Dave? I love hearing from everyone. I appreciate them, and I love hearing from everyone. You could tell. I, I tell them, you know, what I think. I will say tonight, you just heard from Stan. This case is so weak with Alvin Bragg's case against Trump that even Stan agrees. Even Stan who uh, calls him Donnie Hemorrhoid tonight, right? Even he says that Donnie Hemorrhoid, in his words, shouldn't be, uh, you know, a victim of the Bragg grand jury. You know, I mean, you know, it's pretty bad when Stan agrees with it. You know, at least at least we finally got that out of him tonight. I'll give him that, Dave. What do you think? Well, uh, you know, he'll go someplace else. We, we know that. Uh, that's a weak case. But he'll go to something else because uh, I, it's like I say, I just hope he's paying taxes because I'm going to call the uh, IRS about uh, the, the payments he's getting living uh, with Trump living in his head. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> rent free. Right. <laughs> All right. right. Dave, thank you very much. Well, we're continuing with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And coming up in the next hour on the Rita Cosby Show, I couldn't believe it. Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, continues. To say the border is fine, there's no crisis, there's no problem. He also even said that he didn't know what those wristbands are that the drug cartels are placing on individuals that cross or go go across the border. They signal which cartels basically own them 
and we're dealing with their human smuggling operation. I think anybody who has seen one border hearing knows about it. One report. I mean, they've been everywhere. So either Alejandro Mayorkas is not telling the truth or he's incompetent. Either one is not a good thing. But we're going to talk about that after the break. And also some big news also coming out also in the Nashville case that the manifesto from the Nashville shooter, Audrey Hale, is going to be released. Um, They haven't said when because the FBI is going through it, but we will have details on that. And also some of the new things that have come out in the last 24 hours or so. We're going to continue that discussion. So still have a blockbuster next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, we are talking about the fact that the Alvin Bragg grand jury didn't meet again this week. We know that it's not scheduled to meet for the rest of the week. And then apparently it's not going to be there the next week. And then there are reports from multiple different news agencies that it's not going to probably meet for about a month now. So is the goal that it will just fade away? Um, or is it taking a backseat to other cases on purpose? Did somebody say, hey, take a backseat? Or is Alvin Bragg, I think, realizing that this is not the case uh, that he should be pursuing? That even liberals are saying this case looks really thin, really bad. And I think to him, hopefully has had an eye-opening moment. The fact that he is waiting clearly shows that he doesn't have momentum in the case. He would clearly want to get an indictment and get it soon if he could, as opposed to getting lost with all these other cases out there. And I think Alvin Bragg realizes this is not a strong case. And maybe Bob Costello really did put the whole case in a tailspin. As Bob Costello was saying, uh, I was talking with Bob Costello, myself, and John Katsimatidis. We host, of course, Cats and Cosby, 5 o'clock on WABC. And Bob Costello was telling us how when he was in the jury room, he saw you know the jurors just shaking their heads and going, wow, when Bob Costello came out and said, I have evidence that Michael Cohen's lying I have all these communications that show a very different picture, and maybe he was correct and spot on. Because clearly, since he came in there, things have kind of gone downhill in the case for Alvin Bragg. And Trump is just smiling and beaming at every rally, saying, look, I'm being persecuted. And more and more people are backing Trump. You can see it even in the polls. His poll numbers are going up, up, up. And Alvin Bragg's case seems to be going down, down, down into the toilet. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Makita on line three. Makita, your thoughts. Hello, Rita. Um, I'd I'd, I'd appreciate being called MJ. Um, I I, I hold on to uh, my my whole name is Makita Jacqueline, but I like MJ. You got it, MJ. I'm sorry. Go ahead, MJ. You go ahead. Okay, so this is my these are my thoughts as far as on the uh, the case with Al Bragg against Donald Trump. I uh, I'm I was canvassing I canvassed to uh, represent a, a district in New York as a Republican candidate this year um, here in uh, Long Island and Nassau Queens area, and um, I believe as a Republican that DeSantis should be the person that should carry the Republican line. I think that DeSantis would toe the Republican Party line much more effectively than Donald Trump, but that's not what we're talking about. What you're talking about is why Why do you think that, that, Don, that Bragg pulled his case? Now, what I believe is that because the Democratic Party and its socialist industrial complex 
had tried to attempt to wage war against the Republic of the United States of America by challenging a presidential level representative. And when you challenge a presidential level representative of this nation, you challenge this nation. So to prop a local government up against the federal government is unpopular precisely because the appearance of the stability and the strength of our nation is important on the world stage. And so for those reasons, Alvin Bragg was making a mockery out of our republic. And that is why this is an unpopular case with the public of America. Uh, the world would, become, would, would come to disrespect America, and it would compromise the integrity of the United States and for, for right now. And, 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 for and MJ, I hear you, by the way, MJ. I, I agree. I think it does make a mockery of us, and I think anybody looking outside would go, are you kidding me that, like, there's, uh, you know, the state prosecutor who's going after the former president of the United States over what would not even most places be a misdemeanor, trying to inflate it, A, to a misdemeanor, and then to take it to a felony. I mean, I I agree with you, and I think you are spot on that I think it makes us look silly to the world, and I think Bragg is starting to realize that to himself. And I think all of those factors are what has been really creating the chaos. And I think I also think Bob Costello coming in. I think him presenting, he's an attorney. He was with the Southern District of New York. He's a well-regarded attorney, very factual, very clear. And he said they were shaking their heads. And obviously, D.A. Bragg saw that, too. So he knows he's got a mess of a case, and it's not good for America. MJ, great call. We're going to continue, everybody, after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, I thought I've heard it all about Alejandro Mayorkas, but now some new details definitely take the cake. First off, the Secretary of Homeland Security, he has been getting grilled by Senate committees and also House committees. And he keeps getting asked the question over and over again. Is the border secure? And for some reason, he wants us all to believe that maybe if he says it over and over again, somebody out there is going to believe him. He keeps saying, no, the border is not in crisis. There's no problem there. The border is fine. There's no issues. But anybody with our own two eyes can see clearly there's a problem at the border. We have had massive issues at the border with individuals that are on the terror watch list. We've had dozens of them come through just in the last fiscal year alone. And we have had millions upon millions cross the border. We've had millions upon millions of gotaways. Those are the ones we don't even know 
anything about. Even so, Donald Trump, by the way, said that he thinks by uh, maybe the next year or so, 15 million could have crossed the border illegally. The ones we know about and the ones we don't know about since Biden took office. Think about that impact on our country and the fact that we're not able to keep track of people and that there are millions of the, quote, gotaways. These are the ones who just get away that you can't even register. You have no track of. You don't even have any record of whatsoever. And the ones that we do have a record of, well, guess what? They're basically given a slap on the wrist and say, hey, come back to court in a year or two. And most of them never appear again. Those are the ones we, quote, keep track of. So what a mess we are in. So here is Alejandro Mayorkas, and he goes before Capitol Hill again. And remember, Raul Ortiz, he was the guy, remember, who is head of Customs and Border Protection. Well, he came forward not that long ago, and he admitted that they have lost basically operational control of the border. He works for the Biden administration. He's the guy on the front lines. You know he's also telling Alejandro Mayorkas and the president and everybody else how bad the situation is at the border. We see it every single day. And so when Chief Ortiz was under oath not that long ago, he said, yeah, we have lost control. It was a stunning moment, and it was a stunning admission, an obvious admission. But at least he knew he was under oath, and he didn't want to lie. And he is dealing with it every single day. And his men and women in the Customs and Border Protection are dealing with it every single day on the front lines. So now here is Alejandro Mayorkas, his boss, who goes before the Senate and the House. And I think he thinks that we're all stupid because he sat there and over and over again said, The border is fine. There's no problems. We're trying to really focus on it. We're really putting our, quote, best efforts on it. And I have, you know, if anybody believes that out there, I've got a couple bridges in Brooklyn to sell you. If you really think that the Biden administration is putting not even their best effort, I'd say any effort on it, uh, I would say you're delusional. But yet Alejandro Mayorkas over and over and over again said it this week, and boy, he was grilled because they just could not believe what they were hearing. And every single image of pictures that we're seeing of what's going on, uh, it is in total contrast to what he's saying. But again, he continues to spew this rhetoric over and over again. And one of the more stunning moments that came from the hearing this week, and I want to get your take on this on the Rita Cosby show, because this was really an interesting moment here, because... He was asked by Senator Ted Cruz, you know, don't you know what these wrist bracelets are? Let's talk about these wrist bracelets. These are these sort of plastic bracelets uh, that all the cartels are putting on the individuals that they're smuggling across the border. And the cartels are making huge money uh, by smuggling these people who are coming to America. Um, Of course, many of them here for a better life. I don't blame them for wanting to come to America. It's the greatest country in the world. And they are paying thousands upon thousands of dollars, uh, either they or their family members, to get them across the border. And so the cartels basically own you. On one hand, they're paying them when they're in Mexico or whatever country they're coming from. And then they often have to get charged again sometimes once they get into America. Uh, But the cartels basically almost own you for life. But it's a way to, like, kind of tag people and keep track of them. 
We've seen this. We all know it. We've seen it at all the different like hearings and different stories on the border over and over again. I remember hearing about that actually years ago. And it's becoming much more commonplace because almost every migrant that's crossing has one of these tags on to basically symbolizes which cartel basically has been a part of shepherding them and smuggling them across the border. So here is the head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, whose job is to protect the border and keep us all safe. And he genuinely said he did not know what these tags are. Now, there's either two choices there. Either he's lying or he's incompetent. And either one is not good. So you have to listen to this exchange. Here is Ted Cruz asking the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, about the wristbands. And you could tell it was this jaw-dropping moment. Take a listen. What are, what are these wristbands? I don't know what they are. You Senator. don't know what they are. Mr. Secretary, you have just testified to the American people you're incompetent at your job because I've been to the southern border. And if you go to the southern border, along the southern border, you see thousands of these wristbands because the illegal immigrants wear them. The drug cartels, every color corresponds to how many thousands of dollars they owe the cartels. You have turned these cartels into multi-billion dollar criminal organizations. And these are modern day leg irons because these are children being sold into sex slavery and you don't even know what they are that is astonishing By the way, I will agree very much with Ted Cruz there. How could that be that the head of Homeland Security has no clue what this is about? I mean, that to me is just amazing that here he is in charge of the border and he has no idea about just a basic sort of fundamental issue like the wristbands that we've all seen. And he seemed genuinely like he didn't know. So that just shows to me that he just doesn't care, that he obviously hasn't been paying any attention to the border. I'm going to give him credit that he's incompetent and not a liar. So if he's incompetent versus not telling the truth and not being forthright with the American public, that's not good either. It just shows a total disconnect and that he almost could care less about what's going on at the border that he doesn't even care to learn. Doesn't seem genuinely concerned, wasn't following what we've all followed. Why do we know that? And the head of Homeland Security doesn't know it? Boy, no wonder the border is a mess if this guy's in charge. 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. So, needless to say, Senator Ted Cruz asked the question that I think a lot of us are asking out there. Take a listen to what he said. Honestly, does he believe that Americans are going to buy the fact that Republicans who have been screaming and stomping and going to the border for the last several years are actually looking to cut Border Patrol agents? If you look at the president's own budget, he's only adding 100 Border Patrol agents. We need more than 2,000.
And that was Congresswoman Kat Kamek of Florida, who was talking about Biden's disconnect. And here is Senator Ted Cruz talking about Mayorkas's disconnect. Mr. Secretary, I want to say to you right now, your behavior is disgraceful and the deaths, the children assaulted, the children raped, they are at your feet. And if you had integrity, you would resign. And I will tell you, the men and women of the Border Patrol, they've never had a political leader undermine them. They despise you, Mr. Secretary, because you're willing to let children be raped to follow political orders. This is a crisis. It's a disgrace. And you won't even admit this human tragedy is a crisis. Yeah, he won't even admit it. That's the sad thing. He has asked over and over again, is it a crisis? I've kind of described it like AA. Like, you know, when you go to AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, not that I've been there, but if you had went to AA, they would say to you, you know what? First, you got to admit you have a problem. It's like any problem. If you got a problem out there, you got to first say, I got a drinking problem in order to be fixed, as opposed to, I don't know why I'm here. They'd say, get out of here, you know? And it's the same thing with the border. He won't even admit that there is a problem. He thinks that everything is peachy keen at the border, that there's no problem there. So, I mean, how is he ever going to fix it if he's not even having any self-awareness and he's not even admitting there's an issue? This, to me, is really disturbing. And if we take him at his word that he doesn't even know what the wristbands are, it says that he doesn't know what the problems at the border are and that he just doesn't care. And that almost seems like par for the course with a lot of things that we have seen of late. By the way, later on in the hour, we're also going to talk about some of the things uh, that Biden has been saying of late tied to the Nashville shooting. This is amazing. Joe Biden was asked about Josh Hawley's comment about a hate crime, says, I think this may be a hate crime because it was a Christian school. And Biden just kind of laughed it off. It was like another thing, just like how he laughed off the ice cream. It was like part two of the ice cream. It's this detachment. It's this like... We don't really care. We don't really need to know sort of attitude. And that is frightening for somebody who is in a leadership position. We're going to talk about that later on because, boy, is that troubling. 1-800-848-9222. What are your thoughts about Mayorkas sounding like he genuinely has no clue of what these bracelets are, genuinely trying to pretend to us like the border isn't in crisis, it's secure. Why are you bothering me? And in fact, when people got kind of testy with him, he was like, I resent this. <laughs> you resent it. Look at the damage you've done to this country. And you can't handle being, what, criticized? We're not supposed to criticize that there are millions upon millions of illegals coming into this country. And you just want to be like, uh, how dare you criticize me? That is shameless. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Jennifer, line six. Jennifer from Boston. Your thoughts, Jen? It's always a pleasure. As you know, I just I appreciate you and Dominic so very much, and I'm grateful for both your voices and your courage. Um, if I could uh, quickly on Mayorkas, um, I want people to know for those who don't. Every seven and a half minutes in this country, Rita, someone overdoses and dies from fentanyl poisoning. Um, think if there was anything else. Imagine if someone was getting killed by a gun every seven and a half minutes in this country, Rita. Um, the response that we would get. 
from the politicians, particularly this group of politicians in the White House right now. You're right. Uh, You're right. You're right. They go crazy. You're right. Okay. Okay. And um, I just I want people to know the effect it's having on Americans as well. I've mentioned to you before there was a uh, rancher arrested in Arizona uh, for murder. Um, he had people come on his property cartel. They you know, they had the backpacks, they had the radios, the tactical boots, the whole thing. And um, the, the he's he, he's being held on a million dollar bond. And thankfully, people through gives and go set up an account. You know, he's got out. He had to use his his ranch as surety. It's a horrible thing that any seventy four year old man and his wife having lunch should have to be put in a position to defend themselves, their home, their life, their property. Um, And these sorts of things happen every day in this country. There's a woman up here in Boston. I'll say this quickly. Her name is Maureen Maloney. Her son, Matthew Denise, was killed. uh, um, It was a couple of years before they went to trial. So maybe 13, 14 years ago by an illegal drunk, a drunk out of his mind, illegal alien who had an anger baby who was in the truck while he was driving drunk. He hit this woman's son on his way home. The son was on his way back from work. He dragged him, um, the, this Maureen's son, Matthew, was riding a motorcycle. He was dragged down the road for about a mile as people screamed at this man to stop. Oh. He was killed, okay? And the guys getting, we had to bring in special, um, what do they call the interpreters for him. Uh, supposedly they tried to say because of his regional, wherever he's from, Ecuador or whatever, he didn't have the enzyme to break down alcohol. You think I'm kidding you, Rita? All this crap that this poor woman and her family had to go through. She's a lovely human being. And it's awful. This guy's getting out of jail tomorrow. And he will not be deported, almost certainly, by this White House. Because I'm familiar with their protocol. Wait, 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 Jen. Did you say he's getting out of jail tomorrow? Real quick? Correct. Uh, Correct. Correct. And if I could say one more thing. Keep in mind, Donald Trump had an office for the Angel family. People that were killed, family members that were killed by illegal aliens. Hey, uh, Jen, you know, Jen, do me a favor. I'm going to keep you on hold, okay? Because we're yeah. going to go to a quick break. Um, you bring up a great point about the Angel families. And this case, boy, it just encapsulates how just disjointed our justice system is. Stay with us, Jen. Everybody, 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about the fact that Alejandro Mayorkas had zero clue what the wristbands are that are on basically the wrists of almost everybody who is smuggled across the border. It's the cartels keeping track of them. And take a listen. We're going to go back to our calls, go back to Jennifer in a second. But here is Art Del Cueto. He's, of course, with the Border Patrol Union, and he certainly knows what they are, and he was astounded that our Homeland Security Secretary was so clueless and so out of touch on a major issue. Take a listen. Well, I mean, he's the head of the agency. 
So let's, let's, let's go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he didn't know. If he didn't know, then he has no business being the head of this agency. Exactly. It's, it's something that everyone within the agency already knows. One thousand percent. Anybody knows that who has looked at even one story on the border. It just shows he doesn't care. He's either disconnected, clueless, doesn't care. One of the things uh, for him not to point it out and not be aware of it is, to me, that's a stunner. That's like uh, that's like saying, oh, what's on, what country is on the other side of the border? And him to say, oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, this is like uh, we've got Abbott and Costello running the show there. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jen. Back to Jen. Go ahead, Jen. I'm sorry I had to cut you off there. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh no, Rita. You're so kind. I appreciate the courtesy of holding me over. Um, just briefly, uh, before I get back real quick to the Angel families, two other points. The um, the increase in Chinese nationals crossing our border recently has gone up over 900 percent, Rita, 900 percent. Now, everyone's hair is on fire in Congress and the Senate over TikTok, um, but we have over 900 percent increase in Chinese nationals at the border. And that is a um, scary number. You are yeah, absolutely correct. And Jen, yeah, ones, go ahead. Yeah, go to the other points, yeah, please. They're the ones that we know of. Um, the other thing was just... Um, the, the number of these people that are getting housing and stuff, Rita, I know two veterans personally that are struggling. One of them has waited four months for emergency housing through the veterans. It's a disgrace that we're letting this happen in our country. We had them over 50-some-odd come up here, illegals, uh, flown from Florida, and um, they went to the vineyard, and then they went to an Air Force base. They all had housing in less than a month. And last but not least, on the Angel family, um, Donald Trump had an office for angel families, you know, uh, uh, families that have lost a loved one to the to murder, drunk driving, whatever, at the hands of an illegal. One of the first things Joe Biden did when he got into office, let no one forget, was he took the angel families, put them out on the street and put in an office there for illegal aliens to be able to air their grievances uh, that they might have with some American, whether it be a business, a citizen, whatever, you know, a, a person. That is what they're there for, the, the quote, to air grievances, okay? And angel families out on the street. So that goes to show you where the priorities of this administration are. No, uh, by the way, that's a great point, Jen. And I even saw, I mean, I remember President Trump was like parading with them, not parading, but showcasing them, I should say, because he really was sympathetic to those angel families. And they encapsulate uh, the effect that it's happening with these illegal immigrants, especially those with criminal behavior. You just talked about the story. I, I I, am so heartbroken about the story you started with, Jen, about this person getting out tomorrow. Um, that is just so tragic. And after what you just said about the death and the, the destruction uh, that many of them have caused and the fact that it's hard to keep track of them. And you're right. We have to take care of Americans first. And so many of them are seeing all these free perks, the cell phones and all the other stuff and saying, what about Americans? What about our veterans? Great points. We're going to continue, everybody, after the break. Jen, thanks so much. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Crosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Adams County, Pennsylvania, where a World War II veteran is celebrating his 100th birthday, Paul Steech. He is a retired World War II Army veteran turned 100 years old just a few days ago. He was drafted into the Army when he was 22 years old. He served from 1943 into the, into, uh, the South Pacific, rather, and then he retired as a sergeant in 1945. Paul and his kids believe it's important to always respect fellow veterans, which I absolutely agree with, and celebrate these important milestones. His daughter said that he is a very, very proud veteran, and we grew up with that in our family, and it has always been such an enormous part of our identity. Uh, Members of Congress and many people in the community came out for his birthday to celebrate and honor him. They also presented him with a certificate to commemorate 100 great years. And by the way, uh, next month, he will be recognized as a World War II hometown hero on the Pennsylvania House floor there in uh, the Pennsylvania Congress. Uh, they're honoring him in a big, big way, of course, in the State House there and celebrating all of his great achievements. By the way, not only was he a great veteran, but also afterwards doing so much in the community, helping veterans and also became a very, very successful businessman as well. Bravo to him and, of course, all of our great veterans. By the way, nowadays, he says keeping young, he collects stamps. He still plays board games, uh, and he's also a Civil War buff. So he does a lot of things to keep himself extremely active mentally and physically. And a big happy birthday to Paul Steich, and happy that he is being honored throughout the country and in the great state of Pennsylvania. Well, we are talking about what's been going on at the border. And, of course, the stunning remarks coming just a few hours ago from the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who said, what crisis? What problem at the border? He should have said, what border? Because the border is wide open. We barely have a border. Then I would have believed him. But he seems to be in a complete state of denial. And it's, it's just an insult, I think, to the American public. It's an insult to all of us who care so much about national security. And Jennifer just brought up the numbers. There are estimates anywhere from 800 to 900 percent of an increase of Chinese nationals that are crossing our border at a time where, of course, there's a lot of issues happening with China. What about the Chinese spy balloon? What about all the issues that are happening in terms of TikTok and everything else that we've been talking about You know, this is not a time where you want to see an influx of Chinese nationals coming through, many of them that you can't keep track of. And just any individuals, you have to wonder, why is that happening? Why is this going on right now? Who are these people and why are we not vetting them? And yet Alejandro Mayorkas, who is supposed to be protecting the homeland, doesn't even know about the wristbands, as we talked about. He just seems clueless and he doesn't seem to care. And that is an enormous, enormous concern. The number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line two. Uh, BJ, what do you think um, should happen with Mayorkas that he really thinks we're stupid? I mean, is there is it time you know, to say, 
move forward with impeachment proceedings or something? Yeah, no, absolutely. He, uh, uh, this is, uh, th- there's no way he doesn't know what those armbands mean because uh, I'm certain they've had c- cases in front of judges uh, uh, from that agency brought into court uh, where they've had to explain in open court what those those bans mean. And I'm certain uh, uh, Mr. Mayorkas has been CC'd on those. Uh, he, he, he can't be that out to lunch. They have been uh, the Biden administration has been systemically trying to dismantle our border. They don't believe in borders. They believe in open borders. They believe in world government. And this is uh, they've he's single handedly tried to dismantle that agency and demoralize these folks that work there and lay their life on the line and also uh, turn that agency into a social experiment where they've become. They've moved from a law enforcement role to uh, 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 taking care of of, of uh, lost children and and uh, matching children with parents and uh, uh, sending folks to social service agencies and all of this. And uh, Ted Cruz really uh, was something to watch interrogating uh, uh, Mayorkas. But yeah, there's he no really way. let her. He readily let her up. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Even even Dick Durbin, because uh, I I saw uh, Ted on uh, uh, Senator Cruz on on uh, Fox. He said Senator uh, Mayorkas and and uh, Dick Durbin, uh, who are thick as thieves. Apparently, he has a real friend in Dick Durbin. Even Dick Durbin didn't want to even touch this. He tried to get Dick Durbin to t- to tell Ted Cruz to back off to stop the uh, intensity of the uh, questioning. And Dick Durbin just threw up his hands. Dick Durbin normally goes at Ted Cruz nose to nose on issues. Here's what really bothers me, though, Rita, amidst all of this. Can't we all agree that the border is in free fall, no matter what our party is? Can't we agree that it's being overrun with illegals? It's being overrun by the cartels with fentanyl, that we are under siege at the southern border. Can't we not agree on this? I don't understand this this willful uh, uh, blindness to this issue. This uh, uh, this you know uh, nothing to see here, folks. Keep going along. What is with this? Uh, I, well, I think folks? they think if they repeat the story over and over again, somebody's going to buy it. Uh, and and to me, it's an insult. Uh, I mean, I one thousand percent agree with you, BJ. I love your calls. Thank you very very much. Uh, let's go to Norm real quick. Line four. Uh, Norm, I, I just said to BJ, I think they think if they keep saying it over and over again, maybe someone's going to think, oh, well, maybe they're right. Uh, it's like saying the sky is purple and hoping somebody's yes. going to believe it. Yes, Rita. Um, I applaud uh, Senator Cruz. I think uh, uh, Mayorkas belongs in prison. I don't like what he's doing to this country. I see I see the effects of it. I see all these begging people here in New York City. When I go to Flatbush Avenue, I'm seeing them now on the street begging for money, food, whatever. Uh, I see them on the trains. And it's making a mockery of the legal immigration system, of which I'm a recipient of that. My parents came here legally um, from Europe. And I just, uh, it's just disgusting. And I. Uh, you know, I, Mayorkas belongs in jail. 
Um, I, I, I wonder where the, the call of this is coming from. I suspect it's coming from our true president, who is, who is Barack Obama. Um, our present president is uh, developmentally disabled, and he is living in Washington, and he's calling the shots, and um, he hates America and is destroying America. And uh, Well, and by the it, way, Norm, he seems really out to lunch. Um, and case in point, um, to your point about the sort of disconnect uh, that he is, uh, he has really said some zingers, Norm, uh, in the last few days. And it's been amazing for me to watch and I think most Americans to watch. When the news broke, of course, sadly, about the school shooting, he just started laughing. Remember when he started doing that? That was just the weirdest thing. He started laughing and talking about the ice cream before he gets to the school shooting. That was on Monday. So then now Senator Josh Hawley, um, and I want to get everybody's take on this because this is stunning. Norm just sort of hit, hit on the sort of mental decline of this president. And, and it's sort of a mental decline, but it's also a disconnect. And it, it says to me a lot about this president and a bit about this administration. It's shocking. So Senator Josh Hawley, by the way, on the Nashville shooting, um, came out and said he believes that it is a hate crime. And he said that because the woman who opened fire on the Nashville school, this, of course, the horrible story where the three nine-year-olds were killed as well as the three adults. And it's just heartbreaking. It's, it's so disturbing. It's so upsetting. And the only thing when it happened was, you know, I was waiting for the president to come out and give this big statement about just how horrible and just, you know, uh, just terrible and that this must stop. Of course, everybody agrees this must stop. Uh, We can't have these shootings in these schools. We have to do something to protect our kids. There's no question. And I think all Americans want to find some solution to protect our precious children. So the first time president laughs and starts talking about ice cream and different flavors and kidding, it was the weirdest thing. So then now Senator Josh Hawley just recently in the last 24 hours came out and he said that he believes that shooting is a hate crime because of the transgender individual who targeted um, a Christian school. We're going to also, there's new word out in the last few hours tonight that the manifesto from that, from that individual, that troubled individual, is going to be coming out at some point. Um, maybe not in the next day or two, but soon. Um, that they will make it public. So it'll be interesting uh, to see what's in there, if there's some insight as to what drove this person. But Josh Hawley believes, and also the chief of police said, that this individual resented going to this school, um, that there was something about this school. Maybe it was the Christian faith. Who knows? But Josh Hawley said this should be investigated as a hate crime. Take, take a listen to what Josh Hawley said. Police in Nashville have said this school was targeted. It wasn't random. It wasn't happenstance. No, they were targeted. That is a federal hate crime. There should be a federal hate crime investigation. Federal government should make all of its resources available to Nashville police. We need to prevent this kind of thing from happening again. And to do that, we need to know how it happened now. We need to know the kind of hateful rhetoric that led to this. We need to know what the influences on this shooter were. And we need to be clear about the truth here. When you target Christians, you target religious believers, that's a hate crime. And so Biden then was asked about Hawley's remarks. I mean, this is an amazing moment. He is asked on the White House lawn, hey, what do you think about Josh Hawley saying maybe it's a hate crime, this targeting of these terrible, terrible uh, deaths that happened at the Christian school? 
and listen to what Biden said. Nashville school shooting. Do you believe that Christians were targeted? I, I have no idea. Josh Holy believes they were. What do you say to that? Well, I probably don't then. Probably don't. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I have no idea. He's laughing. Like, no, I don't know. If Josh Hawley said it, I don't agree with it. As opposed to saying, well, we're going to look at everything. We got to get to a solution to this. We got to figure out what happened. He started laughing and then just walked off and didn't address anything. Here is Harris Faulkner, uh, one of the hosts on Fox News, and her reaction to that. I mean, it's it's just so far for the course now, right? And we know when he says, "Oh, it's it's the truth," I'm telling. We know that that's a lie at that moment. Like it's it's either his memory failing or whatever. So when he says he's only joking, I don't believe him anymore. That that's callous. That that is. And what have I termed it before? You can choose not to be the world's only living heart donor, or you can choose to be that person. He's telling us what his choice is in that moment. And it's embarrassing. People on the world stage see our president react to to what we know is unique to America. And we know we have to to deal with this problem of shootings at schools. But instead, so many of the Democrats are using this opportunity to point fingers at the Republicans and saying, if you're not for an assault weapons ban, uh, then you're basically against school kids almost. I mean, it's really preposterous the degree of politicizing of this issue. This should be an American issue. We all want to make sure our kids are safe. Listen to what Congresswoman Catherine Clark had to say. Rise in solidarity with every trans American seeking nothing less than their inalienable right to the pursuit of happiness. To stand in the way of that right is to stand against our most basic American values. But that's exactly what mega extremists are doing across this country, on school boards, in state capitals, here in the halls of Congress. Elected officials are using their power to undermine the freedoms and human dignity of trans Americans. And they're waging an especially vicious crusade on our kids. That, to me, is a stunning comment. Either you're for, what, the assault weapons ban, you know, uh, or if not, you, like, hate kids. I mean, that, to me, or you're against transgender. I mean, this was clearly a mentally disturbed individual. And, by the way, tonight uh, we're getting word that apparently uh, a doctor spent quite a bit of time with this individual and also that maybe she was, quote, heartbroken over a friend that she was infatuated with who died in a vehicle accident and was troubled after that time, too. Like maybe her world was falling apart kind of thing. No excuse to open fire on a school. But we need to find out what's going on. People aren't saying it's because it's a transgender individual uh, that they're attacking this person. They're going after the this person and finding out what happened because... This individual did a horrible thing. It doesn't matter what their sexuality was. 1-800-848-9222. Norm, real quick, your thoughts on this. I'm sorry to switch course, but you brought up the president because his disconnect on this has been incredible, Norm. Very quickly, my rebuttal is to that woman that said that is, screw you. Um, That's my my rebuttal. And uh, America... Uh, America will persevere, and uh, we'll see who'll have the last laugh.
Yeah, and Americans are better than that than the division um, that she's mm-hmm. trying to create. Norm, thank you for being patient, too, and You're staying welcome. on. I wanted to make sure I got your thoughts because we always appreciate it. Uh, we're going to continue your calls on this. What do you make of this division being created? And either they're blasting, quote, MAGA or on the flip side, they're laughing about it or something, you know, and wondering uh, how is that appropriate when you're talking about anything as serious as this? Josh Hawley genuinely says this needs to be looked into as a hate crime because it was a Christian school. That's a fair topic to look into. I mean, you know, if it was something else, the Democrats would say, hey, it should be looked into. Everything should be looked into. We should all want to know the truth of this person's background, what drove this individual. We should also know why did she pick this particular school? The chief has already said that she resented that school. That is a fair point. And don't Christians deserve to have extra protections if there was a hate crime? Anybody would deserve extra protections. If it was a race crime, there should be extra protections. There should be hate. All of these things are viable, important questions because we're all in this together to make sure we protect our kids. But yet there seems to be a finger pointing and a politicizing of this issue. And there should not be. And it is so disgusting or or the president's laughing about it. I don't see anything to laugh about. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And everybody, you know how much we love our veterans and their families. By the way, today, uh, right now, uh, the nation, of course, also recognized National Vietnam War Veterans Day on the 50th anniversary of the date that the last combat troops left South Vietnam. Uh, We, of course, always honor our Vietnam veterans and their families for their service and remember the men and women who put their lives on the line ahead, put their lives on the line of their own to serve one of America's longest foreign wars. Uh, We want to thank so many of the great veterans, their family members, everybody who loves them as much as we all do, um, and say also welcome home to our great Vietnam veterans uh, who came back, and we honor you and think uh, about so much of your service, especially on the 50th anniversary again today of the last combat troops leaving South Vietnam. It is incredible to think about that that much time has gone by, but we appreciate you, we love you, and of course love your families too. Thank you very, very much for your great service to our country. Well, we are talking, of course, about the Nashville shooting and President Biden just kind of laughing, you know, when the question came up about is it a hate crime? Then when the news broke, remember, he was laughing, talking about ice cream. This just this weird disconnect. And there's some serious issues here, serious issues about protecting our kids. And we're getting more details of sort of the troubled mind of this individual, Audrey Hale, Um, There is word also that right now the FBI and a whole bunch of profilers are looking through her manifesto. She left a long manifesto, but officials are saying that once the experts sort of go through it, then it will be released. 
and the public will see what really caused this individual to suddenly go after that school in Tennessee and take so many precious lives. But these are all important questions, and it's not time for finger-pointing. This is a time for solutions and answers. And it seems like so many of the Democrats, it's like, oh, you're either for assault weapons ban or, you know, you don't like kids. And there's a lot of things that should be on the table. There's a lot of things that should be discussed, including hardening schools. And I'm talking about, you know, more metal detectors, more armed guards, um, and also family members. I, I still get so angry. Family members need to report. If you have a troubled teen and this person apparently was heartbroken over the loss of a friend a year, about a year before, all these things that you look at, if somebody sounds like they're suicidal and they have guns, or threatening you to kill somebody else, guess what? You better start reporting that person. You can't just leave that person to make these claims and be troubled and clearly disturbed and violent and then get access to guns and think you took the guns away and that's it. Parents have a responsibility to society. Uh, Let's go to Jay, line five. Jay, your thoughts about this. Rita, Joe Biden is laughing because he doesn't care. The Democrats don't care if children are killed. They just want to ban assault weapons and will do anything to exploit these horrific situations. Well, and Jay, you know what? I won't go as far as to say they don't care, but they sure are politicizing the issue. Um, let's go to Pete, though, real quick. Pete, line three. Go ahead, Pete, real quick, my friend. Hi, hi Rita. Listen, you know, with this woman shooting uh, children, uh, hardcore mobsters, would never kill children. Now, I agree with you. There is something so hardened about an individual, and we need to find out so it doesn't happen again, and most importantly, support those families. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.